Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Outside the Octagon interview presented by the MMA Stooges. It's your host, Zach, and I am joined by your boy, Eric Anders. Eric Anders, how you doing? I, can you hear me? Oh, I can't hear you now. <laughs> you were, you were, uh, you were muted. Yeah, dude. The, I don't know. This thing was it's connected now to I can... Bluetooth in my car, and uh, dude, you sounded like uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. It was weird. Sweet. I mean, that that's cool. But uh, no, I can hear you now. All right. So anyway, how's it going, man? Man, it's doing well, man. Just finished uh, finished my training for the day. Now I get to uh, you know rest, enjoy the rest of the Saturday, watch some fights, and uh, you know catch up on some rest. Yes. Yeah, so, so your weekends, uh, you're training and then you just kind of go home, chill for the day. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I, I come out here to Arizona, so, you know, I don't have really have any responsibility other than to, than to train. So if I'm not training, then I'm resting, eating, recovering, and then, uh, getting back to it. I wanted to ask this. So I, I watch a lot of your Instagram videos. I see all your training sessions and stuff, which is sick, but I see you outside on the concrete in bare feet doing some of these <laughs> drills. Doesn't that shit hurt? Nah, Especially you're in Arizona. Man, I got these yabba dabba do feet. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I will say, though, my feet are pretty nice for an athlete, especially like a jujitsu player or somebody who does everything barefoot. Um, yeah. I, I was a pedicure the other day. <laughs> man, the, the sawdust that was coming off that nail file. I was like, <laughs> This lady is brave, and she did it barehanded with no mask. I was like, man, you just <laughs> brave soul. I was going to say, because I'm like, you're in Arizona. It's hot as hell there. And then I'm like, man, he's out there on the concrete. Like, inside on the mats, obviously, we know you go barefoot, all that stuff. You don't wear shoes on the mats. But I'm like, he's outside doing some high-intensity shit, and it's barefoot. Like, that shit's got to hurt. I know my feet are sensitive as hell. I would not be able to do that. Um, Man, I heard the, like working out barefoot you kind of it like helps your i don't know like your balance and you know other things you know you kind of your foot gets used to make doing these movements and whatnot so i really don't know how true that is or you know if there is any truth to that at all but you know i did it for my last fight and i felt really good in athletics so oh it's a new thing yeah yeah i didn't always okay. work out barefoot. i was about I was to ask for the longest time but the only time I wear shoes is like if I'm doing like power cleans or, you know, only on leg days when I wear, uh, and then I wear wrestling shoes at that. I don't even wear tennis shoes. Yeah, I was about to ask if you did that at the Alabama weight room because then that then you're know. talking about catching some shit on your feet, some fungus or something like that. Well, you know, uh, also when I was playing ball at Bama, you do I was lifting like an absurd amount of uh, absurd amount of weight, so I don't think that. You know, so much weight is good for your body at all, let alone barefoot. My knees always hurt. My back always hurt. It was just unnecessary, I think. Yeah. So sticking on to this Instagram and your training, I actually saw some your videos of your, your sons. They're going to be athletes, too. I can already tell your one son I saw hit in the bag. He could probably kick the shit out of me. Uh, also, you had uh, I think one of them was doing track. So, I mean, it looks like sports are going to be a massive part of the Anders household. Yeah, you know, they, uh, you know, 
I'm not saying it because they're my kids, but you know, they, they've been, you know, blessed with the, you know, athletic talent, you know, they're two different kind of athletes. The two, I got two boys, 11 and nine. Uh, my oldest, you know, he's a wrecking ball, you know, he's a square peg round hole, you know, blast double. Uh, but you know, he's pretty fast and, uh, you know, he can move like he like he plays football. So he's like a football athlete. And uh, my youngest man, there's not a body movement or contortion that he can't do. Uh, he can run up the wall, do a backflip. He can throw all the spinning kicks and spinning, whatever. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like uh, Devontae Smith um, body type, A.J. Green, like long and lean but has like a tremendous amount of body control. And again, I'm not saying it because these are my kids. I'm just watching them and then comparing them to their peers. They really are, you know, a level above uh, most of the kids in their, you know, age group. Yeah. I mean, I'm a school teacher and I teach phys ed and I, and I, so I see it every single day. And when I was watching your nine-year-old, I think he's the, he's the one that was boxing. The, yeah. yeah. He, it was like he was almost an adult hitting the bag. I was like, damn, he can dude, swing. Dude, he lives and breathes MMA. I'm certain that he's uh, going to find fighting. Fighting is going to be in his future. And he's never been punched in the face, so I don't really know. But, um, man, all they do, all he does is talk about fighting. You know, if we get like a cardboard box or whatever, like a package at the house, he just takes the box and he beats it up. Uh we got a punchy bag in the house that he works. And, you know, like I said, you know, when I go to the gym and I'm, you know, being dad and babysitting and whatnot, and he comes with me to the gym, he'll go over there, work the speed bag. And, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure he always talks about it, Like, why do I have to go to school? Do I have to go to college? Yada, yada, yada. Like all he want to do is fight. So I'm just waiting for him to get punched in the face to see if it's what he really likes. And then my other son, he's all about football. And uh, he got his first crack back, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I told him, I was like, dude, now you find out if you really like football. You know? Yeah. You know, crack back blocks, man, yeah, suck. That's, they that's suck. The, uh, the suckiest part of the sport. So, you know, he rebounded well. I'm sure he lost a few brain cells, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so actually sticking on football too. So have you watched the draft at all? What did you so I'm a Bears fan? I'll be honest with you. I was hyped as hell when they took Justin Fields. You're an Alabama guy though. What's your take on Mac Jones versus Justin Fields? I mean, there's no question Justin Fields is a more athletic guy. Um my thing is, but you know, at the same time, Mac Jones probably had the best wide receiving core in college football history. Like all the dudes yeah. that he was throwing to were in the NFL. Waddle was, he got hurt and still went number six. You know, he, he yeah. didn't play this last season very much and still went, you know, top 10. So, um, I guess there's pros and cons to both of them. I think Bill Belichick favors the Mac Jones, Tom Brady type over the, the athletic guys, you know. Cam Newton doesn't seem to be doing too great, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, there's pros and cons to both guys. You know, I think, you know, Mac Jones, I think playing for Bill Belichick 
is, you know, as close to playing for Nick Saban as you can get. So he's making that same transition. Justin Fields, I'm sure, is going to go through some growing pains and learning a system, learning a pro-style offense. And, uh, you know, actually playing defenses because, man, let's be honest, the Big Ten isn't really known for their defense as much as it is their offense. So, you know, um, I'm happy for both guys, you know. One I'm really surprised that is San Francisco. You know, I don't really know about drafting a guy from <laughs> South Dakota over a yeah. national champion. And, you know, the I think Justin Fields was like the number one or two high school recruit, quarterback recruit coming out of high school behind Trevor Lawrence, who's probably has the highest draft grade of any NFL or college prospect, you know, NFL prospect ever, I think. So it is what it is. We'll see how it all shakes out. San Francisco isn't really known for making great draft decisions, I don't think. And uh, Bill Belichick always finds a way to um, get everybody to buy into the system and mature and, you know, put up decent numbers. So we'll see what he does. Yeah. I mean, I've been through it. The Bears had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes sitting right there, and they took Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, I've been through it, and I think the 49ers made a mistake. You got to go with someone that at least has some sort of experience and is winning. Like Deshaun Watson, to me, was a surefire, you know, going to be a thing in the NFL just based on wins and what he did uh, in college. You know, Mitch Trubisky did nothing. And then it's the same thing here. You got you got um, Trey Lance, who played ball at North Carolina. But one-year starter at North Carolina. Like, that's what I mean. You had a guy in Watson, four-year starter at Clemson. or Yeah, national champion. Like, I, you got to kind of – I mean, college does mean something. So it was a little – for me, like, it just blew my mind. But I think they got it right this time. I'm all in on Justin Fields, super pumped about it. And uh, I didn't have a meltdown this time. So it was all it all worked out. Yeah. I just wonder what his deal was at Georgia. Maybe Kirby wasn't. You know, doing him right. You know, obviously, you know, he's better than the two guys who were there in front of him at Georgia, but I don't know. Yeah. Is football still a big part of your life? Like, you love it? What's that? Is football still a big part of your life? Like, you love it? I mean, obviously, you played at you played at the best, the best college in the world, like the best co- college football program in the world. And then, I mean, you were in uh, training camp with a couple teams. So what what was like? I mean, is it still a huge part of your life? No, it's not a huge part of my life. I don't have anything to do with football anymore. Outside of my my oldest son, you know, actually both of them, my youngest wants to play football now. But um, outside of that, you know, uh, you know, I like to see Bama winning and stuff, and I keep up with you know, I like when I watch NFL, I like to watch, you know, the Bama guys play and, and ball out and do one and all that, but. You know, if Alabama loses, you know, my, my week isn't ruined like a lot yeah. of the diehard Bama fans. Um, all right. So you're are you training and getting ready for another fight? So we lost saw your last fight with Darren Stewart. You were winning the fight. Obviously it got stopped due to an illegal knee. Um, but are you getting ready to get back in the octagon? Because I feel like that was the best that we've seen you look in a while. Like you looked great. You put it on him. I mean, Darren Stewart was kind of riding a hot streak too at the same time. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I did my first camp out here with a uh, fight ready. Uh, came out here for like a full full camp, eight nine weeks, and then uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to fight June 
12th. I think it's June 12th. It's either June 10th or June 12th, something in there. Nice. All right. Yeah. I, I always look forward to seeing you fight. I mean, I've been a big fan for a while. I've, I think I've seen all your fights. I specifically remember the Machida fight was a was a huge one, which uh, I've, I've been a big fan of. But yeah, I mean, super pumped to, to see you back in there. And unfortunately, the illegal knee freaking sucked because you were literally just pouring it on Darren Stewart. It was it was for the for the amount of time that fight lasted. It was a hell of a fight. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's a. Uh... It was my mess up, you know, so, you know, I really can't point a finger or blame anybody other than myself. So, you know, it is what it is. Do you think you have an underrated Instagram game? Like, I feel like you have top in the UFC, one of the better Instagrams, always putting funny stuff on there. But all they ever talk about is Derek Lewis's Instagram. They don't give Eric Anders any credit. <laughs> oh, man, I, I think him and I like have the same sense of humor. You know, a little dark humor and, you know, people doing stupid things and, and getting hurt, I think is funny, you know. So um, I don't know if it's overrated, underrated or whatever. I just kind of do do it for me. And uh, whoever likes it, likes it. If you don't, you don't, you know. Yeah, so uh, let's bring it back to 261, UFC 261. Do you think it's one of the greatest paper or paper cards, cards in general ever? Like that card was phenomenal. And what did you think about having seeing all the fans back? Did it give you like an itch to be like, damn, like I cannot wait to do this in front of fans? What? Yeah, of course, the fans always bring an extra element. And I think you saw that in the fights, you know. I think all the fights in the main event were finishes. Yeah. Uh, two Two decisions the whole entire card. Oh, uh, yeah. So is it the greatest card ever? I, you know, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, there have been pretty, some pretty good ones over the years, but uh, definitely in recent history. Uh, who do you do you see anyone like Kamaru Usman now is obviously seems almost untouchable. But a lot of people think that think that Wonder Boy poses a threat due to his fight style. But then you also—they're also saying, you know, a lot of people love Colby Covington. I think at this point, Kamara Usman steamrolls both of those guys. Do you see Kamara Usman? What like what's next for him? I saw he called for Michael Chiesa now, which is kind of like a head scratcher. You know, I, I do think that uh, Wonder Boy poses a threat to everybody. You know, um, if you watch that fight with uh, with the uh, Masvidal, the way Usman was lunging and kind of you know getting extended over his toes, I think if he does that against uh, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy capitalizes on that because um, range and distance is his thing. You know, uh, Masvidal is not even that elusive. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I think Wonder Boy poses a threat because he's so different than everybody else, an extremely hard guy to prepare for, I would imagine. Um, I think he does. I, I think he does. I think Wonder Boy beats Colby Covington too, simply because you know Colby is kind of marches forward, throwing ones and twos. You know, so I think Wonder Boy cuts an angle and you know kicks him in the head. But man, you never know how these fights play out until they're played out. You know, um, but I think you know outside of Pettis, you know. Uh, Ushman's not going to fight like Woodley. Ushman's, I don't know if he knows how to move backwards. You know, that's how, that's how, what's his name, beat, uh, B. 
the wonder boy, uh, Woodley, you know, he kind of backed up, backed up, backed up and exploded, you know, covered a lot of distance quickly. I don't know if that's Ushman's skill set, you know, so I think the wonder boy is an extremely hard person to beat. Yeah, I, I agree. And at 38, man, still the elusiveness is just crazy at 38. The way that he can move around the octagon and not get tired for five rounds is just incredible. Yeah. And I think he's going to fight Gilbert Burns. So, you know, yep. you know we'll see. Do um, So I, I want to get your take on, on Jake Paul. Jake Paul, how are you sick of this guy yet? Or are you like kind of – is it like – so everyone in the MMA community is a little bit different. I think a lot of people – dislike him because he almost seems like he's shitting on the MMA community, but then he comes out and makes a statement against Dana White, like pay your fighters more. So there's some fighters who kind of side with him. And then there's the majority of people that can't stand his guts. Um, what are your takes on Jake Paul? Hey, your boy don't hate, the, uh, don't hate the player, man. You know, he out there getting money. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, get your money, you know, cash in your chips and, you know, peace out. Um, I think he's doing the right thing. Like he's not, you know, he's not he's not fighting Adesanya. He's not fighting guys exactly, yeah. size, you know. So the risk on his side is super low, you know, fighting Ben Askren, who regardless of what kind of shape he's in, he's never really been you take away his grappling, you know, he's a dude in the street, you know. Um, so you know, it is what it is, man. Get your money. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever. yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Jake Paul, but I gotta say he markets the shit out of those things. Like he, oh. he really like people are tuning in just because they hate him, like hoping yeah. that he loses, but well, it's the man, perfect strategy. You know, uh, man, he's kind of creating this whole market with, you know, non-combat athletes going in there and boxing, you know what I mean? Like this, I don't know how much he made in that Ben Askren fight or a KSI fight, but it came out to like uh so so Jake Paul made like three million. Three, and yeah. and then uh Ben Askren ended up clearing clearing one million. Yeah, that that's more than if you're not a champion, you're not making no money. Not yeah, money, not money like that. So you, know, like you think said, you could? You think you could get the shit out of Jake Paul? Man, I will beat Jake Paul's ass. Yes. <laughs> Do you think but, he got scared as hell when DC went up to him and was like, "Like, don't fuck with me"? Do you think that he was scared? Uh, man, you know this is the thing. Like when you know that somebody can't touch you, or hit you. Like DC's on the job. He's on the clock. Of course. That would be badass, him. though. Of course, he's not gonna smack Jake Paul. But I bet you it would be a different scenario if, if uh, DC ran up on him at the gym or, you know, saw him out in public somewhere. But if you know you're not going to get hit or slapped or, you know, whatever, then, you know, it's whatever, you know. I think that was, that's what and, makes and him cringy. Setting up the fight, you know, maybe DC setting up, you know, that'd be a good, uh, you know, whatever when they're hyping up the fight. You know, so. DC said he doesn't want to fight unless it's an MMA match because he uh, he said he would cut back down to 205 if it was an MMA match. But he said right now he weighs like 270. So that'd be that takes some time. DC, he's living life on the gumbo. You know, he's he's loving it. Red beans and rice, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. So I got to ask the main event tonight. Who do you got? And then uh, then we'll let you go. Man, that Yuri. I don't know how to say his last name. Prochaska. Prochaska. 
That's a bad dude. Now, but I, you know, I will say I think that uh, Dominic Reyes has the best boxing in the light heavyweight division. I think he's got still really so new to the sport too. He's only got what 14, 14 fights. Still yeah. pretty new to the sport. He's super smooth on the feet, but man, I think that Yuri dude has like twenty five fights and twenty three of them are yeah. You know? And I think a lot in Ryzen, which Ryzen's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, well, yeah, you know, Ryzen, they be doing that mismatch shit. They be doing that. that yeah, that's true, game. too. And I'm pretty sure, like, Overeem's going to go over to Ryzen. He's going to get back on the rocket fuel, and he's going to look really? like a tank. I'm, that's what that people are thinking, that he's going to go back to Ryzen. And if he's back, like, they let you juice there. There's no there's no rules at Ryzen. Uh, so he's going to be Ubering, huh? I'll, That'd I'll, be I'll sick. I Yuri do is juicing, like, his physique. Oh, no, no, no. Especially not now. But, uh... Man, that dude—he's a heavy hitter, and the way what he did to Vulcan Ozemir was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that's a big guy too. Uh, man, I think Yuri wins. Yeah, I have I have Yuri too, and I know that you're a better, you're a gambler. Are you gonna throw it? What 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 are you looking at for uh, for tonight? Um, Anything special? Man, I might put together a little parlay. I'm a last minute guy, you know. I try to say I'm not gonna bet. I'm not gonna bet. <laughs> I do the and same I watch shit. Two or three fights, and I'm like ah. Okay, I mean, let me and, see what these odds look like. And you're staying by yourself right now, right? Because you're training, like you're you're not at home with your family. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably go kick it with my dog Casey Kenny and uh, you know some other cats. Uh, watch the fights and just kick it. But he's a who else trains out there? So I'm so, so I'm so, I'm sure as soon as he pulls out his phone and starts gambling, I'm it's gonna I'm gonna get that itch. Who who else trains out there with, with you right now? So uh, you said Casey Kenny. Well, I don't train with Casey Kenny. He's just a, a oh okay. You know, oh yeah, that's right. He's from Arizona. Like, yeah, I tra- he trains at the lab. I train to fight ready. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of people out here. Uh, you know, getting in. Luke Luke Saunders is uh fighting tonight. I think he's the first fight on the very first fight of the night. So um, should be an interesting fight. All right, man. Hey, well, we re- uh, we really appreciate the time. Unfortunately, the boys didn't make it in, so he won't be able to uh, bust your balls about being a Bama bust guy. Cause, well, he he, we he yeah, I know. He said that he said that his, you ruined his childhood. <laughs> he, he, he he can't say nothing to me. He said, uh, I he must have got scared because quote for quote, he said, "I'm gonna make this the worst interview he's ever had." <laughs> it would be hard. It would be hard for him to do that. You've had bad what, ones, what huh? What did he say? I won. At the end of the day, he can say what he want, but Alabama won. So I, I know say, it would be different if we had Colt McCoy or if we did this, if we did that. You lost. Yeah, I'll. Uh, he's gonna listen. I'll make sure to that. I mean, I'm gonna tell him that Eric Anders said he won and to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> he would, if he was on the phone, he'd be saying "roll tide" by the end of the conversation. I think. Oh shit! Well, well, we'll have to get you back on again, and uh, this is actually your second time, but we'll get you on for a third time and make sure that Kieran's here so you guys can uh, talk some shit. I think the people would love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Hey, well, we really appreciate it. Looking forward to see you back in the octagon, and uh, we'll see you uh, next time, man. I appreciate it, brother. All right, guys, it's gonna do it. That's the outro. Uh, that's the you know outside the octagon interview presented by the MMA Stooges. Make sure you go check out Sheath Underwear, best underwear in the world. Don't forget to sheath your dagger. Use promo code coffee and KOs. 
at sheathunderwear.com. You get 20% off your entire purchase. It is chafing season. Do your balls a favor. Sheath your dagger. Best underwear ever. And we'll see you guys next time.